You're listening to an audio sermon from Hope Bible Church Kelowna. For more information about our church, please visit hopekelowna.ca. Let's get to this. John chapter 20. Turn in your Bibles if you brought them and, uh, or find them on your tablet or phone. John chapter 20. We're going to be looking at that in just a couple of moments. And so, happy Easter, folks. I want to wish that to you and, and, and celebrate that you, Christ, has risen from the dead. And we welcome you from wherever you are. It's been so weird at the first service, and now, I mean, you guys are even more strange looking. I've been looking at a camera for the last year. I haven't spoken in front of a large, in front of a crowd of people on a Sunday morning in over a year. So this is a blessing. This is a joy. Well, some of you are not so much a blessing to look at, but, but most of you are. And it's so good to be able to do this. And I'm so glad that we can meet together. And by the way, and if you're offended by what I said just now, you can't leave. They, they have barric- they'll, they'll barricade themselves across, so you're just going to have to endure. I'm so glad we can meet together. This is the most important day in history. Kids, sorry, most important day isn't your birthday. It's not Christmas. This is the most important day of the year. And, uh, and we get to celebrate this. On Friday, Jesus paid the penalty for our sin. On Friday, Jesus suffered. He was crucified, dead, buried. On Sunday morning, Jesus defeated sin and death. On Sunday morning, Jesus rose in resurrection power. And what happened 2,000 years ago has and will forever, forever impact our world and our eternity. And so we must, we must, we have to. That's why we, we, we said we have to do something together on Easter Sunday. We must celebrate. This is good news. This is the best news story ever. And I think we could all use some good news these days, couldn't we? It's been a tough year filled with chaos and confusion and division, polarization and, and relational breakdowns. And, and, and we've all been affected and infected, haven't we, by the events of this past year. Our families, our friendship base, our, our, our workplace is affected our eating out at restaurants, our, our shopping, our travel, our work, our, our school, our Sunday gatherings. Everything has been, it seems, affected and infected in so many ways here on this earth. We have lost so much in this past year. Certain hopes and dreams haven't gone as planned. It means that you have to make quick adjustments and quick shifts, just like even a Sunday service like this. But our hopes and dreams and plans maybe for a graduation ceremony or a wedding have all been affected. Sadly, even funerals. People not being able to say goodbye to their loved ones in the way that we would have wanted to. Or mourn the loss and care for family members and be present at funeral services. And in the last year, we've continued to hear and we've continued to then hope that things will get better. And yet there's so much confusion and concerns. There's controversies about masks and vaccines and lockdowns and government debt and quarantine hotels. And then we hear, heard of the second wave, then the third wave, and then they talk of fourth wave. And all of these things can just lead us to despair, to give up, to give in, to get angry, to get fearful. And we don't have to be owned in that kind of a way. On that first Easter Sunday morning, things were chaotic for those who were especially close to Jesus Christ. Some, some of his followers, a lot of them deserted. They were gone. They were in hiding. 
And yet, just a week earlier, things were amazing. Things were trending pretty well for Jesus and his followers. As he came riding into Jerusalem on that donkey on that Palm Sunday, and the crowds were cheering, and they were adorning him. Jesus, our Messiah, he's going to fix all the problems. He will be the king of the Jews. Our kingdom will be established here on this earth. Things were looking so good, and now a week later, he's dead. Jesus' followers were crushed. They were afraid. They were confused. But early Sunday morning, early Sunday morning, things would change. Something was happening. Let's see what was taking place in John chapter 20 and verse 11. It says, but Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she stopped to look into the tomb. Or she, as she wept, she stooped and looked into the tomb. This is Mary Magdalene we're talking about, a woman who had a very sketchy past. But now she's a devoted, she's been a devoted follower of Jesus Christ. Jesus had cast seven demons out of her, setting her free from the bondage that hounded and haunted her life for years. But then on that Friday, while the disciples fled and forsook Jesus, Mary, along with some other women, were some of the last ones to leave the crucifixion hill. And now, Sunday morning, she's the very first one at the tomb. But when she gets there, she's mortified. She's shocked. I mean, could things get any worse? Have you felt that at all this past year? Well, for Mary, for her, that Easter Sunday morning is like, come on already. Enough. Not only is Jesus dead. The stone's been rolled away. She wasn't expecting a resurrection. She was thinking a robbery had taken place. And she stoops down in her tears and weeping the loss of Jesus, and now that his body's been stolen, she looks into the tomb. Verse 12, it goes on, and it says, And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus was laying, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They've taken my Lord away, and I don't know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus, but she did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, just tell me where you've laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And all of a sudden she knew. She turned and she said to him in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. She knew it was Jesus. Mary was looking for a corpse, a dead body. But little did she know that Jesus was standing right beside her, outside the tomb. She's looking inside the tomb. Jesus is right there with her outside. She was looking in the wrong place. But I mean, we all do that, don't we? We look for answers. We look for help. We look for hope. But sadly, all in the wrong places oftentimes. And we do it in, in, in everyday life. I, I know of a guy, some of you do too, who together with his wife and infant daughter a few Saturdays ago decided to park their car downtown in a Kelowna downtown parkade. A few hours later, when he returned to the parkade, the car was gone. It was stolen. And there was great concern because there was an extra set of keys in there for their home and for their workplace. Locksmiths were called. The keys got, the locks got changed at work and at home. The credit cards, bank cards get canceled, police report filed. 
social media posts go out. Look out for a hot Hyundai, they were saying, these posts on social media. And, And by hot, I just need to clarify, I mean stolen. Some of you might not understand that because there's no such thing as a hot Hyundai, I don't think, like really, like seriously. And, and so, sorry, uh, Hyundai owners. Um, and, and so it was great, you know, concern and consternation as to what was going on. And about five hours later, he thought he should return to the scene of the crime. And that's when he discovered that he went to the wrong parkade level. And his car was there all along. And his dear wife, she said, he was looking with his man eyes, I guess. What a story. And I mean, we all do that, right? Well, maybe we don't lose our car in a parkade. I mean, some of you do that in a parking lot. Right, honey? Where is she? Uh, yes. <laughs> Anyways, these things happen. And, but oftentimes we look for hope and we're looking for help, but we're looking in all the wrong places. And even this past year, in our sadness, in our loss, in our bewilderment, in our confusion... In our anger, we don't look to the true source of help. We think help might come from the right politicians, from mandates being lifted. And and we can have all of these different ideas that will be our source of hope and help. But can you imagine Mary's predicament on this day? The bewilderment, the shock, the overwhelming joy that Jesus is now alive? How everything in an instant changed. Yet she thought that he was the gardener. And suddenly her grief turned to joy. Today, 2,000 years later, I want to declare to you that because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, the resurrection supplies for your and for my greatest need right now. The greatest need that you are facing right now is found in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. No matter the gloom, the discouragement, the fear, the loneliness, the isolation, the sadness, the anger, you can come alive this Easter Sunday. Come alive this Easter season because death has been defeated. Remember that. You can come alive because death has been defeated. And through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our greatest obstacle, our greatest enemy, our biggest problem has been defeated. You see, we oftentimes think our biggest obstacle, our biggest enemy are the situations we face. Right now, we're thinking our biggest obstacle, the biggest enemy, the biggest pain in the butt we're facing is the coronavirus and all of its tentacles wreaking so much destruction. But maybe for you, you you even say, well, that's one thing. It's that person in my life. It's my finances. It's that health issue. It's an addiction that I can't seem to kick. It's the depression that has you in a dark cloud. Or maybe you feel hounded or haunted by your past and you're paralyzed to move into the future. Maybe you think, or maybe it is your biggest issue is with re- in relationships with your family, your spouse, your friends, your coworkers. Or maybe your biggest need right now is I need a job. Or I need the right job or I need a spouse. Or, I need a vacation or I just need some sleep. I just need some peace in my life. Maybe these are some of your biggest needs. But all these things, yes, they're, they're, they're major, but they're temporal and they're external. Important, yes, but they're the felt needs that we're facing. Our biggest problem, though, isn't the external, it isn't the temporal, it's the internal, and it is the eternal. Our biggest problems are not circumstances, but they're spiritual. 
There's a passage in the Bible in 1 Corinthians 15, 22 that says, in Adam, we all die. Basically, that's telling us every human being, if you're human and looking at most of you, I think you are. If you're human, death is coming for you. But that verse also goes on to say, but in Christ, we can all be made alive. And listen up, you need to understand, our biggest needs are met in Jesus Christ. And it's all made possible because of this day that we're celebrating. There is hope for the hurting. There is peace for the pressure that you're facing. And there is redemption for the rebellious. And our greatest enemy and obstacle is that we are rebels. We have been born at odds with God. We have born rebels. And some of you are some pretty major rebels in just in your own, you know, in your own mind and perhaps even on social media. And, 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 and yet we're all born rebels. And, the prime, and, and, and God's word tells us the primary condition of our heart is one of hostility towards God, towards law-keeping even. I mean, it's just this bent towards us. Romans 3 says, we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of God's glory. Isaiah 59 verse 2 says, our sins as a result of that have separated us between us and God. And only a separation, emptiness, incompleteness, not just here on this earth, but for eternity in heaven, or for an eternal separation. This means because we're born rebels, it means that heaven is not our natural home. Instead, it's hell, God's word tells us. And no matter your resume, no matter all the good that you've done, no matter how much money you've given, no matter what you bring to the table or the heritage that you have, it means nothing because God's word says in Adam, because of Adam and Eve's sin, we're all destined to die. And we've fallen short of God's standard. But Jesus came to this earth 2,000 years ago. He lived the life that we were expected, that we were commanded to live. And he did it perfectly because none of us could do it. And he came as our substitute, living that perfect life and then dying a substitutionary death on a cross, taking our place, taking the wrath from God that we so deserved, paying the penalty and the punishment for our rebellious heart. Dying on the cross. And when Jesus died on that Good Friday, he paid the penalty in full for all who would put their faith and trust in him. And then on Easter Sundays, he rose in triumph. He secured in the death and then the resurrection. He secured for any and for all who would believe in him, no matter your rap sheet, no matter how bad nor horrible regrettable the things that you have done he has taken it all and it was all nailed to the cross and it has stayed there and easter sunday he rose in victory defeating sin and death and with that we are granted forgiveness god's righteousness and we are given hope and in this life and the hope of eternal life and not a i hope so cross my fingers hope to die kind of thing because you will die but not this oh i hope so this is a i know so I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that whoever embraces Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, understanding that Jesus is the only way, whoever confesses their sin, repents, that means turning away from your agenda. It's not just praying some little prayer, and now I'm in, I got my fire insurance. No, it's about an agenda. It's about turning and following Christ's agenda for us, his plan for our lives. And God's word says, whoever believes in the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. Whoever places their trust and confidence in faith receives the free gift of salvation. We cross from death to life. Our greatest obstacle, problem, issue, enemy 
has been defeated in Jesus. Here's the second reality. We can come alive this Easter because Jesus cares. No matter what we face, he cares and he is with us. Just look at this passage once again. You see in John chapter 20, we see that Jesus enters into our pain. Jesus is standing right behind Mary, but she doesn't notice. And he doesn't come to her. Now, if this would have been me, I like to, you know, prank people. I love, you know, have a bit of a, probably my kids would say a bad sense of humor. But, but, but if I were Jesus, I would have come up to Mary and I would have gone like, boo, you know, it's me. You know, but he doesn't do that, like, because he's cool and, and, and he's Jesus. And, and he says to her, he notices her pain and he just doesn't rush through it. He says, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? And this is so important, you have to understand this. Jesus knows and he sees and he cares. And Jesus is right there in her weeping, in her gloom, in her despair. He's right there. It's not just about making things better. It's about his presence in the midst of the pain. And that is what Jesus is showing us here. We see that again in John chapter 11. Jesus is at the tomb of his good friend Lazarus who died, Mary and Martha, his sisters, were mourning and grieving, and they were a little ticked because they had told Jesus, they, they, they got the message to Jesus, Lazarus is sick, he's dying, he's probably not going to make it come. And he didn't come sooner. He didn't come right away. In fact, he was dead for a, a number of days, for four days, God's word says. And here is Jesus, knowing full well that he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead. And what is Jesus doing? He's weeping. He's entering into their grief. He's not crying because Lazarus is dead. He's sad because those around him are hurting. And they're grieving. And he enters into that. He knows. He cares. He sees us. He loves us. But Jesus just doesn't forcefully push us through the pain that we're going through. He's not going to just push us through this COVID-19 season that we're living in and 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 he's wanting to meet us in the midst of this he wants to to walk with us and so today i ask you why are you weeping why are you in despair why are you angry why are you discouraged why are you hurting jesus wants to know and he wants you to tell him he can handle your questions he can handle your anger your frustrations tell him call out to him he wants to walk with us he is for us. Child of God, here today, we have a high priest, God's word, who sympathizes, who understands what we're going through. And yet he says, I will never leave you or forsake you. God's word also says, yes, grieving may last for a while, but joy will come in the morning. And Jesus said in John 11, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, and this isn't just a head knowledge, this isn't like, yeah, I've heard of Jesus. Yeah, I kind of understand. This is a entrust my life, a cling to whoever believes, entrusts, clings to Jesus. It says, though he die, he shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Well, you're here on this earth. If you have put your faith and when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, not only is death defeated, but he is walking with you in this life. And this all starts with turning our eyes on him. Instead of running from him, we run to him. Knowing that he is right with us. We call out to him like Mary. Jesus, 
Jesus, I need you. Receive him today as your Lord, your Savior, if you've never done so. If you've been running from Jesus in this season of your life, you've been living as a bit of a rebel, just kind of living, uh, j- just doing whatever you want, it's time to run back to Jesus and trust him once again. Instead of looking to all the news and social media and, and, and opinions and forecasts and fear out there, look to Jesus. I'm not saying don't be an ostrich and have your head in the sand. But look to Jesus, look to his word. See that his word contains truth and hope and help and insight to even what we're facing. This is how we can come alive today and until we see him face to face. Knowing that death is defeated, eternity secured. Knowing that Jesus is with us. He knows, he sees, and he cares. That is resurrection hope. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads as we... I'm just going to ask a few questions and the band is going to come and they're going to sing another song for us. encourage you to just listen, answer these questions. Consider where you're at. If you've never received Jesus, if you've never received this resurrection hope provided in Jesus Christ, why not do it today? If God has spoken to you through this message and you know that you are a sinner and you need a savior, by faith, Simply call out to Jesus. Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, save me. Run to him today. Commit your life completely to him. At the front here, there's a table and there's a package here that um, we'd be happy if you would come and take one and there will be a couple here that would be happy to give that to you and just even talk with you or briefly pray with you. Or you can request one of these packages online by going to our online connection card at our, on our website. We'd love to send it to you. We'd love to talk with you, pray with you, and help you in this journey. Maybe you're here today and you've received this resurrection hope in the past, but today you're struggling to find hope. Would you put your rest and your trust in him? He's there, he cares, he knows, and he wants to walk with you. Whether it's COVID concerns, relationships, finances, health, work, family, depression, discouragement, whatever it is that has you discouraged and overwhelmed today, there's hope. And again, we'd love to talk and pray with you here at the front afterwards or on that online connection card. Jesus, we are so thankful that on this great day that you defeated death once for all. That the very moment your word reveals to us, the moment we take our last breath here on this earth within a millisecond, We will be more alive than ever before. Healthy, strong, and with you forever. That is for every true child of God. And I pray for those who have never put their trust in you, God. I pray that they would run to you today, not run from you. And that we would all turn our eyes upon you, Jesus. And to know that you love us and you care. And you're going to see us through. You're seeing us through this journey. And we will worship and praise you all the more as we see your good and your perfect plan unfolded in our lives, in our church, in the city, in this region, in this nation, around this world. You're shaking us, God. And may we stand firm on your truth and on your word, knowing you are with us. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.